Good morning. How's everybody? All right. Everybody good today? Say amen. You glad you're in the house? Amen. Well, it's so good to see you, and uh, it's good to be at God's house on the first day of the year. Uh, I don't know if you stayed up last night. If, if that's your way of doing it, that's cool. Uh, I told my wife, I said, if you're staying up, tell me about it tomorrow, because I went to bed. But uh, yesterday morning, I got a text from one of my Philippine pastor friends, and it was like, I can't remember if it was 10 o'clock in the morning or, t- uh, or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but it was midnight in the Philippines, all right? So I celebrated New Year's um, yesterday during the normal business hours. We welcome you if you are a first-time guest at North Star at either of our campuses. We are so glad to have you, and we hope that you feel just a super welcome today and um, a sweet spirit of God. This is sweet spirit in this church, and I'm so thankful for for uh, you being here, and uh, we welcome those that are joining us online, uh, either live today or at a future date. We're glad that you're uh, part of this service, and we just went live at our Saltillo campus. Make some noise for those guys over there. <laughs> happy, 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 happy New Year. Uh, hope you have a, a year filled with great blessings from the Lord. I was sitting in my office early this morning, and I was just thinking about um, some pictures that I had been looking at, and um, thinking about faith commitment giving. If you're not familiar with what faith commitment giving is, faith commitment giving is when we give above and beyond our, our regular tithes and offerings, and we give to this fund, called Faith Commitment Giving, and it funds, I think, 34 different ministry and mission points, like Parkgate, like First Choice, like Helping Hands, like North American Mission Board, like Matal Children's Village, and so on, just to name a few. I I pulled up on my phone this morning a picture of some ceiling fans that your Faith Commitment Giving money bought for a Haitian church. And the, the picture had the church has a tin roof, no insulation on the inside. And I'm just telling you, I know it's hot. And because of your faithfulness and your willingness to give, they now have ceiling fans. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Also, also uh, if uh, my friend is watching this, uh, Please don't take this the wrong way, but he sends me like a lot of pictures from the Philippines of uh, the fellowships and the baptisms and everything that's going on. And uh, he has sent, like I'll, I'll wake up, he sends them at night because I'm asleep. Well, he sends them in the daytime there, I'm asleep. So I get up in the morning and I'm trying to, to be faithful to what I told you that I always do. And that's re- I pray and read my Bible before I do anything else. But I, I look at my phone and there, it says, you have a hundred pictures that have been sent to you. I said, oh my word, I can't even look at that right now. But because of your faith commitment giving, we have purchased a tricycle. And what that is, is it's a motorcycle with a sidecar. 
No, the sidecars, they have these in many different countries. Like in India, they, they have a tricycle. In different parts of the Philippines, they have different kinds of tricycles. Well, this particular one, uh, the way you get one, you don't like go to Home Depot or to the Hyundai uh, place to get one. You, uh, you, you buy a motorcycle, you take it to the place that makes the sidecar from hand out of uh, sheet metal, and then it's not finished then, then you have to take it to another place and get it painted. Then you, you're not finished because it doesn't have any windshields. So then you take it to another place and, and get the windshield. So having said all of that, and I need to talk in a hurry, uh, by the time our mission team gets there uh, next month, uh, the tricycle will be completed. It's already paid for because of your faithful giving to faith commitment giving. Amen? Amen? I'm going to ride on it. I've ridden on many of them. There are like thousands and thousands of them. I have counted, let me just be conservative. I know it's different, but I have counted at least 10 Filipinos on one of these tricycles. Um, Americans my size, three. Seriously. In fact, I was going to ride on the back one time, and I tilted the thing up. I mean, it was bad. But uh, what they're going to do with it, they're gonna, it's, a, it's a mode of transportation, and they're going to pick people up and bring them to church on the weekends, and then they're going to employ a person in their church that's, that does not have a job, and they're going to use that to uh, run as a, like a taxi and, the, and get paid for it, and then the, the proceeds will go back into the ministry. How cool is that? So we're excited about that. And uh, anyway, while I was sitting there this morning praising God for those different things and the 155 pictures that I had received overnight, uh, I, I looked across and on the credenza in my office, I saw this, this box. And since I'm talking about faith commitment giving, I wanted to bring this with me today. This is a box, and on the inside, it has what is called a Bible stick. A Bible stick. Let me pull it out. And I tested it this morning. I put the batteries in it, and I listened to it. It's got the entire New Testament on here, and Psalms and Proverbs, and some devotions. And it's, it's called Bibles for Soldiers, and your faith commitment giving is sending these Bible sticks to soldiers around the world. Amen? Amen. So I'm, pr I'm pretty pumped about that. This is New Year's. This is a single message, as we call it sometimes. I'm going to be talking today on the subject of SNL. I'll get back to that in just a minute. Starting next week, we're beginning a brand new series called His Plan. Say that with me. That's pretty good. And uh, I didn't even say North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and give you a chance to say anything is possible. Okay, good. Um, I can't digress too far. I digressed one Sunday, and I went to here, and then here took me to here. And then I couldn't remember where, where here was. Anyway, starting next week, it's just a burden my wife has to bear. Starting next week, we're beginning a brand new series called His Plan. Say it again, His Plan. And... It's going to be an awesome series, and we, the leadership of North Star, are calling the church to a, a time of prayer and fasting. Last, last year, uh, we did it uh, during Mother's Day, and uh, some people said, what, what's up with that? I mean, we can't even take our mom out to eat now. 
And so, well, my answer was very spiritual. God told us to do it then. And he did. And it was all okay. But we're doing it to start the year off this year. I really felt that strong about it. And so we're going to begin a, a time of uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting starting January the 16th. And if you add it up on the calendar, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it ends the day of, not the, the night of, it ends the night of uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So if you're going to participate in the fast and, like, um, and watch the game, but you're going to fast television for 21 days, I'm just saying you might want to start on the 15th rather than the 16th, okay? That would be okay. You can fast any time. Now, you can go to our website. You can go to ns.church backslash fasting, or you just go to our homepage, and it's some, some incredible, helpful um, information on what fasting is. It lists four kinds of fast, like a full fast. It would be a kind of fast where you do like liquids only for a certain amount of time and you set that amount of time. And first of all, if you did that kind of fast, and I've done that before, uh, you would want to talk to your doctor to be sure you're, you're healthy enough to do it that way. Um, and by the way, fasting is not something uh, that you, you brag about and you talk about when you go to work and with your friends. You may have to say, uh, I can't, I'm not eating right now or I'm not eating this particular food or I'm not using social media. Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say if you fast. It's biblical. So he said, when you fast, do it, don't do it like the scribes and Pharisees. What they were doing is they were fasting and they were just like taking it, you know, milking it for all it was worth. And they said, oh, and they had their, their, their jaws sunk in. I'm so weak from fasting. Could you hear me? I'm so weak from fasting. Uh, no, that's the incorrect way of fasting. Okay, so full fast is one. Partial fast would be like whatever you're fasting, if it's, if it's food or, or whatever. Um, a partial fast would be like you do it from 6 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon during the 21 days. That's, that's another way to, to, to fast. And then another fast is called the Daniel fast. I personally like that one. It's a 21-day where you eat no meats, breads, or sweets. Okay, and um, then there is a, um, a fasting, the fourth one, is fasting from something else, like social media. But I would challenge you to participate in this fast, and because when you, when you do fast, um, you're leaving something out, making room for what God wants to do for you and in you. Amen. So that's what fasting is. And guess what? Next Sunday, it begins two weeks from now, but next Sunday, we're going to give you a, to everybody who attends, we're going to give a journal. It's just a small, but a very nice journal. And it's got his plan on it, God at the center. And you can use that during your fast just to make notes and to journal what God is saying to you as you're, as you're spending this, this time with him. Isn't that pretty cool stuff already? Now, are you glad you came or what? I know some of you are thinking, man, I didn't want to come today, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did too. Uh, I want to talk about salt and light today, being the salt and the light. And uh, let, let me just back up 
before this actually took place in our text for today, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus was at the Sea of Galilee, and he saw some guys down there. He saw James and John. And what were they doing? They were mending nets. They were fishing. They had been fishing. And that's what they did. That was their skill set. That, that was what they were accustomed to doing. That's what they were good at doing. That was their background. That was their history. And so when Jesus walked over to James and John, Jesus said, uh, yeah, look, like, I see you've been fishing for fish. If you follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I know, I can't imagine what James and John were thinking. We read about them in the Bible, but the Bible says that they followed him. What Jesus was saying to them is, I'm going to take you to a whole different level in your life. I'm going to, I'm going to give favor through you and to you. I'm going to cause you to influence others for God. Wow. And I've, I've tried to put myself in their position. All they knew to do was to fish. A good day for them was to have a good catch. And now Jesus is saying, if you'll follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Now, if you just looked at James and John, they're not the type that you would have thought or I would have thought, wow, ooh, they, they got some potential. Uh, they're going to make it. I mean, if you'd seen them walking up to Walmart or to, or to the store, you'd think, uh, I, I can tell you've been fishing when you're going back. <laughs> you know, you would, not, you would not have thought that Jesus would have chosen James and John to be instrumental in changing the world. This is what I know. If you're taking notes, you'll, you'll want to write this one down. When Jesus comes into your life, you get an upgrade. <laughs> in fact, uh, what I've learned over the years, I, I've gotten a lot of upgrades through the years with God. Because when Jesus came into my life, look, my life changed. And the message for you today is when, when you turn your life over to Jesus, when you give Christ the reins of your life, he upgrades you. You become a different person. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one of my favorite verses. I quote it all the time. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so here is James and John, and the reason that they were going to be used by God is because God himself did a work in their life. Now, that leads me to the message today in Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the message and I want you to notice every time, the message version, I want you to notice every time it says the word you or your. You, you, you. So watch this. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 13, uh, if you don't have your Bibles or you don't have this translation, just look on the, the screen. The Bible says, let me tell you why you're here. And, and look, I like this because it puts it in so, such a plain language. It's, it's like Jesus is standing up here and, and he's speaking this to us. He says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning. That brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? All right, just let that sink in. If you lose it, 
if you lose your seasoning, if you lose your saltiness, how will the, how will the world taste godliness? Wow. In case I fail to mention this, we've got to take the responsibility of what God has placed on our shoulders to be the salt and the light. What if you lose your saltiness? How will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and it will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm, I'm putting you on a, a light stand, Jesus said. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Come on. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I'm thinking about the influence that these disciples were about to take on. Jesus said, I'm, te- I'm going to teach you some stuff you've never seen before. How many would just like claim for this year, 2017, that God's going to teach you some stuff that you've never been taught before? Amen? Oh, c- come on, you can do better than that. Both campuses, amen? amen. Let's just say, oh God, teach me something that, that you've never taught me before. And take me to a level I've never been before. Help me to see things that I have never seen before. Now, this is Jesus. Jesus was the greatest influencer in in history of the world. Jesus, his influence. I think about Socrates. He taught for 40 years. Plato taught for 50 years. Aristotle taught for 40 years. That's 130 years. And Jesus, these great philosophers, yet Jesus here for three years in his ministry, teaching for three years, had more influence on the world than ever did Plato, Socrates, or Aristotle. And so Jesus influenced lives. And this is what I know, number one, I want you to write this down. That is, we are here on earth, we're here on this planet to to influence others to know God. So I don't know why I'm here. I can't seem to find my purpose. Well, I'm telling you one of your purposes, all right? I believe that there are five purposes that help us to understand what God wants us to do. One is to love God, that's called worship. One is to love each other, that's called fellowship. One to minister to one another to serve one another, uh, to, to learn more about God. That's discipleship. So worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. God has put us here. We are here in flesh and blood. We are still alive to be able to influence others to know about God. Now, he says to be salt, to be the salt and the light. What does salt do? Well, uh, salt seasons. I cooked supper the other night. My, my wife was at the first service, and she really amen that. I could feel the love in the house. You know what I'm saying? I, I said I cooked my wife's supper the other night, 
and she liked it. It cannot be good and she can like it. Wives, how many know what it would be like if you could get your husband out of the recliner and let him fix supper once in a while? Amen? I'm just trying to set the example. Just trying to keep it real. Uh, so anyway, I cooked supper. It was pretty good, uh, except for the green beans. I told my wife, I said, I seasoned everything. And then when we, when I uh, um, speared the fork through some green beans and tasted it, now you, you can be different. Like, if you're one of those people that says, I don't like salt on anything, you're weird, I can't help it, and I still love you. Anyway, uh, green beans, I needed some onion with it too, but green beans without salt, to me, is uh, terrible. And so, you know, quick remedy, salt seasons. So when Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, he said, you're to season this world. You're to, you're to make a difference. You're to shine your light. Saltiness brings out the God flavors. The, the bright light brings out the God light so other people can, can see it. And so uh, that's, what, that's what salt does. Now, salt, right, this is kind of a long one, but you, you might want to jot it down. At least just like move your pencil like makes me think that you're taking notes. Uh, salt is going to bring out the God flavors to help people taste God and light to help them see God. Jesus said you're to be SNL. You're to be the salt and the light. What does salt do? Salt brings out the God flavors to help people to know God and the light to help them to, to taste God and the light to help them to know God. That's what, we're, that's what we are supposed to be doing as the salt and the light. Now, um, have you ever wondered why so many people don't come to Christ? I'm not talking about on the other side of the world and, and it, there's a lot of darkness and other religions. I'm talking about right here, your neighbor, your boss, your employees. Your employer, uh, your family. Oh, don't don't get started there. I got a weird family. I, there's no way I could share Jesus with them. Yeah, you could, or Jesus wouldn't have given you that responsibility to be the salt and the light. <coughs> one reason, uh, one reason I think so many people don't come to Christ. It's not because like they haven't heard the answer. I mean, if you somebody told you you're a sinner and you've committed all these sins, I know you have sin and guilt and shame, and, but I know somebody, his name is Jesus, and he'll forgive you of your sins and wash them away like you never did them, like you'd never done those sins, and then he'll take you to heaven when you die. Who wouldn't want that, right? I believe one of the reasons so many people don't come to Christ is because of Christians. Gandhi said, I would have become a Christian if it hadn't been for the Christians. I think sometimes... Uh, because we're one thing on Sunday and we're another thing on Monday, people aren't ignorant and they pick up on that. They know the kind of language that we use on Monday and they're thinking, and then we just, they say, hey, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me about this? And, or they see a Bible on, on your desk, but you, you're talking uh, foul mouth or off-color jokes or the stories of what you did over the weekend. No wonder people don't want to know Christ. And so Jesus was saying, uh, if you've lost your saltiness, 
it's the, the one version says, you're good for nothing to be trampled, but to be trampled under the foot of men. In the message it says, it's, it, it needs to go to the garbage. And so we need to be the salt and the light. We need to influence other people to, to taste the God flavors and to see the God light. There's one thing I've learned is, um, and if, if you know what I'm fixing to if you, when I say this and you understand what, what am I trying to say, if you've heard an example like I'm fixing to give you, tell me later. Uh, but this is what I know. Except for s- special circumstances, fish don't flop into the boat. I'm talking about you, you take that, that ginormous mercury engine out into the middle of the lake and put the anchor down and... You, just sit back say come on boys get on in that's not how it works but that's the way we do in our churches sometimes now let me just qualify what I was trying to say we've got some members of our church that that sent me some pictures of some fish that did jump into their boat it's like a crazy something and I don't know why I think maybe they were demon possessed or something I don't know I don't know but anyway they did they crashed into the boat uh, but that's not normal. When you go fishing, the fish don't flop up into the boat. It's not like, come on, boys, get on in. Come on, let's go. Yes, yeah, we're waiting. And that's, uh, that's, not, that's not the way it works. But sometimes that's what we do. We, 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 um, we want the church to do it. We want the church. And, and by the way, oftentimes I will say, you invite them. I'll tell them. You get them here, we'll tell them. And that's good, and we will. You get them here, we will tell them. But that's not all that Jesus was talking about. Jesus said, I want you to be the salt and the light. I want you to be that preserving agent. I want you to bring healing. Salt brings healing. Salt preserves. Do we have any pig farmers in the house? I, I didn't think so. Um, salt down a hog. It preserves the hog. Okay, I shouldn't have used that illustration. That's okay. I'm good with that. I did it first service. You would have thought I would have learned. But that it preserves the meat. You get salted pork. That's because it's been salted and preserved. It brings healing. It's a healing agent. Jesus said, you are a preservation. You are... Um, the ones to go out into society and preserve it. You can, you can offer hope in society. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 34. He said, oh, taste and see, mm. verse 8, that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. A um, no, well-noted businessman and author, Jim Collins, wrote a book called From Good to Great. It's a great book if, if you're in business. How to, how to go from being good to being great. He says there are three things that every company should do if they want to go from being good to great. He said, number one, they need to have a mission. Number two, they need to be enduring. 
And number three, they need to have a distinctive impact in the community. A distinctive impact in the community. And while that's a, a secular author, those are spiritual principles. And it works in the church. We need to have a mission as a church. We need to have an, an enduring, and we need to have a distinctive presence. So how can we, how can we, um, okay, I'm, so I'm burdened as your pastor about the, um, the thousands of people in our surrounding area who do not attend a church on any given Sunday. In fact, the number is 152,100. Say, Pastor, how can we reach those? You can't do it from a distance. I'm sorry. The church can't do it. There are people in our area and then around the world that have never heard of North Star and may never hear of North Star. And if they do hear of North Star, they may never come to North Star. North Star has got to go to them. We've got to be involved. Here's what we do. Write this down. We connect people. We connect with people so people can connect with God. We connect with them so they can connect with God. And so as influencers, we need to go. And we don't need to just get pumped up about this. Like once or twice a year when the pastor brings a message on evangelism and shows some slides and some video and it touches our heart and squeezes our heart. We need to, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people. And it's easy to talk about going overseas to take the gospel, and I love that. It's a little harder, it seems, to take the gospel across the street. We've all got a crazy Fred and our Uncle Fred and our family, and we we all got dysfunctional families to some degree. Can I get an amen? Uh, you know, you feel what I'm saying. And so, I know you're thinking, how could, I ever, how could I ever share the gospel with them? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, uh, that's the way you're going to do it. That's the way it's going to happen. Well, let me tell you this, and this is the second thing, and then I'm going to kind of wrap this up. We're here. It is our purpose to influence others to know God. But I want to tell you something. There are some things that we're going to have to do differently. We're going to have to do some things differently. If we're going to reach 1% of that number, 152,100, by the year 2021, the clock is ticking. This is already a new year. If we're going to do it, we're going to have to do some things differently. Number one, we're going to have to think differently. We're going to have to think differently. Think strategically. Think strategically. How can, how can I reach my neighbor for Christ? Well, I'll tell you one way. You can be missional. Uh, and this, this is not a substitute to sharing the good news of Jesus with somebody. But what, what about, do you know who your neighbors are? For crying out loud. Do, do, do you know, you see them, you wave at them? I wave, I'm from the country, all right? I grew up, and I went through a period of time, I thought, well, I'm not going to wave at anybody anymore. Nobody waves back 
So I just had an attitude about it. I had to repent and get right. Then I waved at everybody. I waved at a sign one day. Have you ever seen one of those silhouette cutout things that people, I, I, I can't help it. You know how this ADD is and, and how, anyway, you might not want to ride with me. You ever seen this silhouette cutout things that people have? Um, one day I was driving down the road and had my hand up on the steering wheel. Just saw it out of the corner of my eye. I saw that silhouette and I went, oh, <laughs> I hope nobody saw that. I wave at everybody. I'm friendly, but do you really know your neighbors? You know they were in the hospital. Did you go over there and bring them a casserole when they got home? You know that they're struggling. Did you just drop them a note in the mail and said, I know we don't know each other really well. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Our church uh, here a while back went through a, a small group study, church-wide, called Life on Mission. And one of the pastors was telling the story how he was out shoveling snow for, for one of his neighbors in their driveway or their sidewalk. And another neighbor walked up and said, uh, you must be a Christian. He said, well, yeah, I am. And just by shoveling snow, it opened up a conversation. A footnote is, this man, this neighbor, had seen this guy not only shoveling snow, but he had seen him praying with different neighbors. Because he, he, he knew something was different about him. And so we need to do some things different. Number one, we need to think differently. We need to think strategically. And I know where I was going with that. Be strategic in how you minister to others. Be strategic in how you invite people to church, how you share Christ. Number two, we, we need to um, see things differently. We need to see transformationally. We can all say, man, did you hear the news? Man, look at all the robberies. Man, look at all the bad stuff happening in our area or in this state or in this nation or in the world. Think, look, man, think differently. What, what, what good would one person do? How are we going to reach the world? Think differently. Number three, um, think transformationally. Speak differently. Speak life we're talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about the game yesterday. Man, speak some life into somebody. Encourage them. Let God open the door. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, um, just before he ascended into heaven, he, he said, um, all authority is in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even into the end of the world. Even into the end of the world. Jesus, the greatest influencer, Dallas Willard, a, uh, an American philosopher, said, who would have ever, like, seriously, I'm paraphrasing it, okay? But he said, who would have ever asked a tiny group of people to do this? Who would have asked them? Who would have asked James and John? I mean, really? James and John, Peter, Andrew? 
Yet, Jesus did, and how it was probably, Dallas Willard said, probably the most presumptuous um, statement ever made. Yet, Socrates didn't ask those people to go and fish for men. Aristotle didn't go and ask those people to fish for men. Plato didn't go and ask those people to fish for men. Buddha didn't go and ask those people to fish for men. Oprah didn't even go and ask those people to fish for men. But Jesus did. And so it's on our shoulders to be salt and light. Because there is no plan B. There's not another plan. It's on us. And so, just a minute ago I said we've got to do some things differently. Do you remember that? Think differently. We need to think strategically. I've got one more word to add to that in case you wrote those down. We need to think differently. Think strategically. How? Here's the word. Be intentional. I gave you some examples of that already about shoveling snow and taking a casserole and dropping a note. Think differently. Think strategically. Be intentional. See things differently. See transformationally. And see that it's our responsibility. Third, speak differently. Speak life. And do it boldly. Speak life. But don't be timid. Speak it. And speak it boldly. Did you receive that today? Say amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Our Father, thank you for today. Thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the uh, the word you had for us today. And I just pray, God, that you'd take this and, Lord, apply it to our hearts. If you're listening and you realize that you've never given your heart to Christ, I want to give you an opportunity right now just to say yes to Jesus. There's nothing magical about or mystical about a prayer. It's an act of faith where you're putting your trust in Christ and and you can say this from your heart. Lord Jesus... I know that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he rose on the third day. I repent of my sins and I turn to Jesus right now. Come into my heart, forgive me, come into my life. I put my trust in you right now. I follow you. For some of you, maybe your prayer is, Lord... Thank you for the upgrade, but I need another upgrade. <laughs> I need a special touch. I need, this, the, I need the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Maybe it's like I prayed this morning. God, fill me and lead me. Empower me. 
I'm going to ask that everybody in both campuses please stand because I just want to pray over you. And then we're going to have a brief closing time of worship. Please hang around for this last song because I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to hear it. You'll have time to get to wherever you need to go. Just listen. Father, I pray for everybody here. I just pray, God, that um, everybody that's been a part of this service, Lord, that you would just take these closing moments and uh, minister to our hearts, challenge us, um, help us, inspire us to be what you want us to be. God, we love you, and we thank you that you've met us here today, and we thank you that uh, you're a personal God who knows us and loves us. Take these last moments and be glorified in them, in Jesus' name.